Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. The PSAs you hear on Miller & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller & Condon. Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. That music means Bama Bob momentarily. Bottom of the hour, Eric Heft will join us. We will preview Iowa State and Oklahoma State. How big of a favorite is Clemson over Syracuse? Is it 40? Didn't I see that 40-something? It's got to be a huge number. It's a massive number. Where uh, Where's that game being played? Uh, it's at Clemson. It's at Clemson. 11 o'clock. I would guess 45. I'm going to bring up ACC. Hey, Bama. Hang on, Bama. We're going to come right to you here, brother. <laughs> here it is. 45. 45. Is currently the number, and it doesn't feel... What did I tell you on Friday, Ken? Syracuse sucks? Yeah. Well, you, yeah, you bet against them. I did. Liberty, right? Liberty, who was a rousing success of what they did. Bama, Clemson's mm. good. Syracuse is bad. Is 45 enough? Is 45 enough? <laughs> You know, it's one of those where, yeah, if they play Trevor Lawrence the full game mm-hmm. and Etienne the full game and they go full throttle the full game, yeah. You know, if they take their foot off the gas and put the punter in to play quarterback again, <laughs> you know, maybe he throws a pick six and, oh, I don't know, 58 to 14, which is, I think, 44, and you lose. So I'm always I'm always scary once those numbers get up that big because you just don't know the attitude of the, of the coach. I mean, the game will not be competitive be awful. by any means, but from a betting point, you just don't know how Dabo's going to play it and, you know, protect from injury or whatever. So, but yeah, it, it, it will not be competitive. Hopefully we won't have to talk about the ACC no. very much until <laughs> we get to the championship game. Hallelujah. The Big Ten coming back now. Yeah. Hallelujah, Bam. I, I'm, I'm so ready for this. Cause look at Clemson is absolutely legit and are the favorites to win the national uh, title again. But my God, it's tough to talk about that conference and we will, uh, in a second. But where I want to start, since you mentioned the Big Ten is coming back, you know, if it's not Ohio State, and that is a real big if it's not, because it seems like that they belong in the conversation with uh, Alabama and with Clemson. I'm anxious to watch them play Nebraska. But if not, let's do both of them at the same time. If not Ohio State in the East, if not Wisconsin in the West, and I want all three of us to go on record here, uh, Bama, we'll start with you. If not those two favorites to win their divisions, then whom? You know... I want to say Michigan, but I'm not picking I Michigan. Yeah, I, keep, no I. I keep saying this. I can't do it. You know, not not until Jim Harbaugh shows me something. I thought we had it last year, and then they, you know, lose the last two to Ohio State and Alabama. Um, I'm going to say Penn State with Sean Clifford at quarterback, mm-hmm. and I like their coach. Um, their schedule is, you know, 
not I guess favorable maybe you know they don't play, I don't believe they play Minnesota out of the other side. Um, you got the Hawks. So yeah, I, I, yeah, they do have the Hawks. Um, tough game, but listen, I think it's Ohio State's to lose easily oh, for sure. Um, but yeah, if if not them, I'm going Penn State, and in the West, I'm going Minnesota. I just love what Flex doing there. I know they lost a lot with those two wide receivers, Bateman and Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Winfield out of the secondary. Didn't Bateman come back? NFL. Bateman's back. Uh, did, I, I think they yeah. lost him. I could be wrong. No, yeah, he bad. did opt out, but he got, but he came by, but he opted back in. Oh, he did come yeah. back. Okay, yeah. okay. But you know they've lost NFL talent, but yeah. I, I do like Tanner Morgan. And mm-hmm. you know, listen, I, we're going to know right out. Of this, I mean, this game this week, Michigan, Michigan, yeah. and Minnesota, I I mean, like right out of the gate, love it. Uh, I think it's going to be one of the top two games of the week, along with one maybe in the Big 12. Mm. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, with Bateman back, losing Winfield in that secondary, look at what what he's doing for Tampa Bay. Uh, Johnson oh caught a God. touchdown pass mm-hmm. yesterday for the Buccaneers. So, Trent, same question to you. If not Ohio State and Wisconsin, then who? Yeah, it's got to be Penn State. They uh-huh. get Ohio State at home. They get them early, week which two. maybe a little bit more flukiness is going to happen along with that. And this isn't going to be one where you can get the tiebreaker with two losses. Ohio State's not losing more than one game in an eight-game schedule. I just can't yeah, see can't that. It, maybe if you have a head-to-head, and that's what Penn State would have. Plus their crossovers. You mentioned the Iowa game. Their other one is Nebraska. So it's not exactly Murder's Row. There, there's no Wisconsin on there. Mm-hmm. It's Penn State for me. On the other side, I have big concerns about that Minnesota defense. You mentioned Winfield. He covered up so much for them. Mm-hmm. And flex defenses have not been great by any means throughout the years on top of it. That's where my concern lies. What's the offense? Can Tanner Morgan be the same quarterback he was a year ago where he's completing 71% of his passes? I think that's a stretch. hate to be Homer here, but I do think it is Iowa. Talent up and down the roster that they have. The one Uh question mark really is, can they generate enough of a pass rush in order to make things difficult? But I think all the pieces are in place. Best wide receiver group, one through four, five that they've had. Maybe in the Ferentz era. Mm-hmm. Backs are there. That offensive line has a chance to be elite. And first-year starting quarterbacks have been really good in the Ferentz era. If it's not Wisconsin, and I still think it is, I'd say Iowa. Yeah, I'm. I'm well, look, I'm going to be a consensus with everybody here on Penn State in the East. I just because uh, I like Clifford, I do. Yeah. And Fairmouth coming back, he's one of the best tight ends in football. Uh, that's a big get for them. Clearly, they're going to miss Parsons on the defensive side of the ball as he opted out and did not opt back in. I, I'm torn on this, boys. I think Bama. I can I can see Minnesota. Trent. I can see Iowa, despite the lack of pass rush. Petrus. As you mentioned, they're usually pretty good. I know Tanner Morgan's really good. I, I'm not sure he's, like you say, Trent, he can duplicate what he did last year at 71% of his passes, but they got a running game. I like both of their running backs. Um, uh, Bateman coming back. Yeah, I'll go Iowa. <laughs> Going back to hockey. I just, I'm with you on the defense, Trent, of Minnesota. Um, and, and I was got some defensive warts too. Anyways, boys, let's recap, uh, what we saw this past weekend. We do it alphabetically, so that means we're contracting. Let's, let's go reverse al- alphabetically. Do you want to do that? Let's do, let's go reverse so, alphabetically. You want to start in the SEC? I hate, the ACC stinks so <laughs> bad. It's so bad. I'm with you. Everybody, oh boy, it's Good 11 call, 10. They're Trent. talking ACC. Let's, let's turn the channel. No, no, no. We'll, we'll say that no, to the end. 
Welcome to the Condon and Miller show. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Uh, and it's going to happen one well at this Condon show one day. Uh, let's start with the SEC. I'll defer to Trenton. He's right. Let's do it that way. Let's go to the uh, the marquee game of the weekend and spend probably more time on Alabama and Georgia. Bama, I'm more more impressed with Mac Jones every time I watch him. When the game didn't start well, right, with that deflected pass uh, that was intercepted. I'm not sure it was, but they didn't. They couldn't find anything to overturn it, so the call had to stand. Trent mentioned the Iowa receivers, and they're good. Alabama's receivers are out of this world. Najee Harris running the football. Uh, this is a really good football team, Bama, and it was a fun game as as uh, Bama pulled away late. Your thoughts? I don't think they uh, Georgia wasn't didn't score in the second half, did they? I don't think they did. No, they didn't. Yeah, and that, yeah. that's the big. There's two. That's the big talking point down here. Um, is something happened at halftime uh, when they went in because you heard Saban coming off the field and. When they asked him about the defense, and he, he took a while to – he was very measured, very calm. He took, I don't know, four or five seconds before he started answering. And it was basically – his answer was, if we do the things that we're supposed to do, we'll be okay. And basically that's translated to, we got a bunch of guys who don't know what the hell they're doing out there. We're telling them what to do, and they're not smart enough to do it. So they, they got battle back at, in the second half. Because he was suspended from the targeting call the previous game mm-hmm. in the secondary. That helped. But something went on in that locker room. I don't know if he took it over from Golding, who's the the, just the defensive coordinator who's been under fire, or if they simplified it or what. Um, I think another thing that helped is another talking point down here is it's just you mentioned Mac Jones. When you have two teams that are that are kind of equal, and I think Alabama has a big advantage at receiver. Um, George Pickens for Georgia kind of floats in and out of games depending on the level of competition. He's from Hoover, uh, so I know him pretty well. Um, familiar with him, I'll put it that way. He he will tend to float in and out of games. He got a lot of talent. If he's not getting the ball, he gets disinterested. Not a great blocker, that kind of thing. Um, and then. Stetson Bennett is a really fun collegiate Great story. Great story, yep. But he is not a championship-caliber quarterback, mm-hmm. uh, I don't believe. And that's the other talking point down here. And you mentioned the receivers, guys, and there's a big, there was a poll or a big you know, conversation piece. Where do Waddle and Devontae Smith fit into receivers just in the Saban era? And you really start to think you've got Julio Jones, Amari Cooper, mm. Calvin Ridley, Jerry Judy, and Henry Ruggs. They're all playing in the NFL. Where do these two guys fit in? And I, I don't know, but I'll take them. But it, it, something went on in that locker room at halftime in, in, for the defense, and the, the consensus is that Saban took over, simplified it, something, something went on because you're right, they pitched a shutout in the second half, and nobody saw that coming. Uh, especially, you know, based on the previous six quarters of play, nobody saw that coming. Trent, you know, Julio, he'd be at the top of my list. But that season for Amari Cooper, the 2014, you think back to Julio, they were not really opening things up yet. It was still old school Saban. Four yards in the cloud and dust. Yeah. Richardson and Julio Jones in that group. Yep, and they right. started to open up with Cooper and it just went to another level. But you're right. That group is ridiculous. Mm. Bennett, what would the, how different would this game have been? If Jamie Newman, the transfer, the grad transfer from Wake, if he would have been eligible, a lot of people were singing his praises, making his way into Georgia this summer. If he was there, are we talking about a one-score game halfway through the fourth quarter at the very least, Bama? 
Maybe so. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, this, this game was so was so weird, and, and I, I mean that in a in a fun way. You know, I don't I don't know what would have made the difference for Georgia, and I, I think at some point, I don't I don't want to say they're doubting themselves, but I mean, they just can't get by Alabama. They I mean, they had them dead in that national championship game until Tua makes that you know, the play for the ages. Mm-hmm. The next year, Hurts comes in, you know, when, when Tua gets, you know, hurt. Jalen Hurts comes in the SEC championship game. Yep. You go back to 2008 with Mark Rick, or I'm sorry, 2012 with Mark Rick in the SEC championship game when they, you know, when they're driving, 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 and then the guy gets tackled and bounds, the clock runs out. They would have gone on to play Notre Dame and probably won a national championship. They just... This is just their kryptonite. I don't know what's going to make the difference. I do know there's a lot of people, when you look at the Georgia uh, you know, fan sites or, or listen to them, a lot of them wish they had Justin Fields right now. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> you know, but um, I don't know what's going to make the difference for that team. But quarterback is is an issue for them. You know, Jacob Eason, and, you know, they ran Fields off, and now they got Bennett. And, I mean, it, he's he, – Kirby Smart doesn't develop quarterbacks is kind of the narrative that's starting to come out. And you, you, you look at what Alabama's do. You take Tua and Hurts out of the equation who are NFL guys. You got Blake Sims, Jake Coker, and now Mac Jones, and you're going to go to the playoff or possibly win a national championship with those guys? That says a lot about you know what's going on and how things have just shifted. But uh, Georgia's got to figure it out. Um, and I I, I don't know that they're, they're probably going to get another shot at them in the SEC championship game, if, assuming they can beat Florida. Um, but they got to figure something out because the natives are getting a little restless over there. I mean, they really are. And, and it's just, they can't get by Nick Saban and Alabama. It seems like if there was ever a year they were going to do it with the defense, it might be this year. And, you know, they just slink out of Tuscaloosa again with a 17-point loss. Mm. Uh, I want to spend a minute on Arkansas-Bama. Just love the story, the Pittman story. Yeah. They should have beat Auburn. It was a bad call away from beating Auburn. Good, Glad that Auburn, the football gods, so, you know, they, they righted that wrong. South Carolina, the Gamecocks <laughs> deserve to win that game. And then Arkansas, they tried to give it away with that fake punt. Oh, my gosh, I couldn't believe it that they didn't see that coming. <laughs> but uh, they made plays at the end. Felipe Franks transferred all over the place. Now, he's at Arkansas. He's a great story. But the Sam Pittman story, Bama, it is difficult not to root for a guy that clearly has devoted his whole life to the game and has been an assistant coach and thought you would never, that this would be the last guy uh, to get an opportunity to coach a, uh, an SEC team. And boy, oh boy, what a turnaround uh, in Fayetteville. Yeah, it is. And you're right. It's a great story. And you do have, you, you root for guys like that. Lifers, I guess what you call them, you know, and they're just, He's paid his dues. He's been passed over. He, you know, he was probably resigned and to the fact that he would never get this chance. And look, let's make no mistake, okay? This was a hire on the cheap, okay? Yeah. This was one of those. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, this was nothing that Arkansas did where they're going, hey, you know what? We got the guy. We're going to go you know, pick him out. It's who's going to take this job for about a million bucks a year, yeah. okay? And Sam Pittman jumps up and raises him, whatever. I'm, I don't know how the interview process went. All that said... One of the and you mentioned it, Felipe Franks. I'm so I'm I'm happy for him because he listen him getting hurt at Kentucky last year. It it it, it did Florida a favor, not on, maybe a little bit on the field with Trask the way he's playing, but they were headed for a really 
big quarterback controversy there because he was not playing well at Florida. He he leaves, he gets hurt. You hate to see that. And I, I'm glad he's found himself at Arkansas. How long it's going to last, I don't know. There was a talking point last night on, on one of the local shows is you look at Alabama's schedule. Arkansas, you know, they play – Alabama and Arkansas play after the Iron Bowl this year because of the quirky scheduling. They might be the toughest team left on Alabama's schedule. And and you mentioned Auburn, <laughs> and they got issues there, Ken. Um, yeah, big time. Everybody, I told I told you Friday this was a Malzahn special, and it turned out to be. And Bo Nix has lost. Um, talking about a guy who doesn't develop quarterbacks once he gets them. They got an NFL guy in Seth Williams who looks like he'd rather be in the NFL than on the Auburn sideline. They can't really run it. They got problems on the offensive line. They lost Davidson and Brown, who we knew their defense would struggle a little bit, but they've got issues, and they're going into Ole Miss and. A lot of people think, oh, this is a perfect, you know, back against the wall, Gus comes out and they win this one. I'm not so sure. They, I think they've got real issues over there at Auburn. And if, if, if you know, if they don't get this thing fixed quick, it's going to get away. But the problem is they've got four more years and about $24 million worth of buyout for Gus Malzahn. So they are stuck with him over there because nobody's buying, you know, going to pay that buyout for him. Uh, the Big Twelve was Kansas and West Virginia. Let's move on. <laughs> I mean, I tried working to, like victory. Yeah, yeah. I tried to watch some of it. It was, it was difficult to watch. Trent, you may, we talked about Notre Dame early in the show. Mm-hmm. Louisville putting up a touchdown. Notre Dame uh, with twelve points in the football game. Um, you want to do that one? You want to do Florida State, North Carolina? North Carolina couldn't catch at the end of that game. I mean, how through three perfect balls, drop, drop, drop. Could have been a different story in the outcome in that game. Uh, where do you want to go? Yeah, Carolina still is a very talented team, but you're still this is just year two, you know, of, of that program and the organization. Even with all the talent, Howell's going to be a quarterback that'll get a chance at the next mm-hmm. level. He's that kind of talent. A couple of really good receivers. My biggest takeaway was Bo Corrales. Remember him? He was part of that group of Texas. Him and Eno Benjamin in that group okay. from Texas that Iowa recruited. Yeah, and then they all. Decided to decommit. He is a big play receiver for Carolina, so he jumped out a couple of different times. But Carolina's going to be fine. Norvell, I'll tell you who I might oh, go ahead. Norvell needed that yeah, kind of victory, great though. Point. It is so difficult, and Bama, you know this incredibly well. When you're working in the South, you're working at one of these big programs. You don't get the four or five years you do in the past if if you don't Ooh. show some signs right away of some making some kind of grounds. You're going to be in trouble. That was important for Norvell. Yeah, it was. And, you know, this was my sneaky game when we yeah. talked about it Friday. And I, I just thought that Florida State, and, and I didn't know if they would win. I just, I liked the way they got down, you know, coming off that drubbing against Miami. They got down to Jacksonville State, which is a really good FCS team, came back and won that game. And they put up more of a fight than we thought they would at Notre Dame. And, and you know, you mentioned Notre Dame and Louisville. Oh, my goodness, Ugh. that was unwatchable. It truly but, was. Um, yeah, except um, for for Dungy, uh, for Dungy and Tarico, which makes it a good listen because that's a really good. Yeah, it is. There. They're pretty good. Yep. I, I'll, I'll give them that. They've got a good team, um, you know, or a good announcing team. Yep. They are smooth. Tarico can call anything. No, no, um, which, by the way, Doc Emmerich's retiring. Can the yeah. side story? That's just not uh, awful. Anyhow, um, Florida State, though. Listen, you mentioned Norvell. This this was a, this was a huge win. I don't know where they're going to go. From this, they're probably going to get drubbed by Clemson, you know, later on in the year. Uh-huh. Um, maybe, you know, but for one week, and listen, North Carolina's not the fifth best program in the country. I, I think we can kind of all agree on that. I think probably there should be one, one in, in front of that five. 
at best. Yeah, I think they're probably in, in the, you know, in the top 15, top 20. You mentioned yeah. a lot of, they do have a lot of talent, Corrales and Howell, and those guys are going to play at the next level. But, you know, if, listen, for one night, big win. And now it's just kind of like, okay, fine. The problem is they're going to look at this and they're going to see that five in front of North Carolina and go, oh, wow, you know, look, hmm. we're, we're, you know, we can play with anybody. No, you can't. Yeah, guys, um, I, so I, Go ahead, Bam. Finish your point. I'm sorry. No, I just you know, patience needs to to come. And as Trent mentioned, we don't have a lot of that down here. Uh, real quick on this, might the second best team in the ACC? Do you have an idea who I'm where I'm going? TC, NC State. No, I don't believe they record. lost and they lost their quarterback. Virginia that, Tech. Yes, Bama. They might that be was the impressive. second best team, Bama. Yeah, they could be. I mean, and, and I thought Boston College would put up. I did too, game, but. They're them. getting healthy, Ken. They're getting coaches back. They're getting players back. They can run the football, okay? And, I mean, that is that is what they do. Uh, I think they were averaging about 300 yards a game on the ground coming in, which was, you know, top five in the in the conference. And I don't think they did anything. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking here. They, they ran it for 350 against Boston College. And, look, if you can run in that conference, you're going to have a shot. And – that's your, you know, maybe the only way you're going to beat Clemson is to keep Trevor Lawrence off the field. I don't think they're at that level. We talked, I think Clemson is just so high above everybody else. But Virginia Tech is, they, they, they had a really massive problem in the, in fall ball, getting any, you know, with, with, with COVID outbreaks on, on, on the field and on the sidelines. And they're getting a lot of people back. And I think we all kind of like Fuentes as a coach. Yep. Um, and like the hire and it, it, it might be coming to life, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I think they might be, they're coming on strong, and I just love the way that they actually, that they play and they run the football, and uh, you can do that. You can win a lot of games, uh, especially in that league. Um, what game will we, well, now I'm going to take Iowa State and Iowa off the board for you and I, Trent, because okay. they're both must-watches. Uh, you're, the game you're looking forward to the most this coming uh, weekend is what? Oh, boy. Uh, well, you're taking taking the two biggies yep. off the table. So I know you mentioned earlier Nebraska-Ohio State. Mm-hmm. I'm intrigued by that one to see how that plays out. It's Michigan-Minnesota, yeah, I though. Yeah, think it is. It's the night game. You get game day there for the first time. You, not fake game day, but it just won't feel the same. But yeah. I want to see both sides. I want to see there's so much still with Harbaugh. There's so much intrigue with Michigan. So many of those parts that we got to know so well, seemingly over the last few years, have started to dwindle away. New quarterback for them. And then the Gophers, can they maintain? We've seen them have these runs where they make a one-season run and then fall back to earth. Does Phil Fleck have this program now at a level that they can sustain year after year? I, I, I believe he does, and I'm going to pick them to finish second. <laughs> It's a coin flip. Um, I'm, I'm going with you, Bama. I'm going. I'm going with my Gophers, uh, Bama. What's yeah. the one game you're looking forward to the most? Yeah, it's got to be that one. Yeah. Uh, and, until your uh, until your Wildcats thumped Tennessee. Yeah, how about um, that? Yeah, I, uh, I mean, goodness gracious. I mean, go. I mean, Bob, Mike Stoops. Yeah. And you know, again, Tennessee now looking staring. Oh, they right got down the Alabama. Yeah, they do have a three-game losing streak and all that goodwill that he built up. You know, mm. Georgia, Kentucky, Alabama. I mean, look out! But yeah, to me, it's got to be Minnesota, Michigan. Uh, I am intrigued. I am really, really intrigued by this Auburn Ole Miss game. Not that it's on a national level. Um, Kiffin and Malzahn. I just, I really, really think there's a lot going on in that Auburn program, and we'll 
I think we'll know a lot more because if they go over to Oxford laying egg, then you know they're you're going to have major issues. But all that said, I'm going to be I'm going to be locked in on uh, on Michigan Minnesota. And so welcome back, game. late glad night to football. see the Big Ten pack. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's the next. I mean, you know, you got three games that start, you know, four <laughs> games that start eight p.m. or later. Two of them at nine or later. Three of them at nine or later. Um, and then I guess we get the Pac-12 back in a couple weeks. Yeah, we'll two more weeks. Pac-12 after dark. Hallelujah. 8 o'clock, Cincinnati, SMU. Both teams undefeated in the American Athletic Conference. So something a little later into the evening before you get to those Mountain West games. I believe we'll probably hear that in sneaky good game Uh when we talk about I'll give you another one. Oklahoma TCU, just yeah, uh, yeah. for the for the Big yes. Twelve, that eleven o'clock window. Alabama, I mean Auburn, Old Miss, big Nebraska, Ohio State um, uh, moves the needle here. Oklahoma TCU uh, for me as well. Bama, great stuff. We'll talk to you at the end of the week. Thank you, Bama Bob. Always enjoy, guys. Take care. As do we, uh, Bama Bob. Trent and I go around college football right now. Let's do this. It's time for another thousand dollar handoff. Text the keyword. Love to 200-200 right now. Your chance to win $1,000. Love to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Uh, Eric Heft on Iowa State, the analyst for the Cyclones basketball and football, will join us when we continue. It's Miller and Condon till noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106- Paid for by NHTSA. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. Condon, any thought of our next guest bailing on us to go play golf? Well, that's out the window. We were just joking. Uh, Eric Heff told me, though, he found an orange ball the other day when he was out on the course, so if there's ever a time to use it, it'd be today. If he's got plans for that orange ball, does he? Well, he'll have to wait till he gets through with this, and we're glad he joins us. Hello, Eric F. Trent and Ken. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Doing well, and really excited about this upcoming game, and I don't, I mean, I'm way out over, uh, maybe way, way, way making too much of a big deal about this game, because I've got, if Iowa State wins this game, I've got them in the Big 12 championship game. I think it would be an upset if they don't. It's a big spot, Eric, for early in the season, knowing they've got TCU already beaten, knowing they've got Oklahoma, and they've got that tiebreaker. If they, if, 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 this feels like a big spot on Saturday, doesn't it? Uh, it it's a it's a great potential spot, I, I think. If you if you look at it realistically, they're still, I mean, still have to play Kansas State, still have to go to Texas. I mean, you've got a number of very difficult games ahead. Uh, but you know, I always say when when you win a game like if I were State were to win on Saturday, it just gives you the opportunity to play more big games and more meaningful games. And I think I think that's one of the things. You know, to be honest, uh, I think it's uh, maybe a bigger game for Oklahoma State. Uh, for them to protect their home, their home field, they haven't really. I mean, they haven't played the the top team no. yet in the Big Twelve. You know, so I, I think they can ill afford to let this one get away. Uh, if you're talking about playoff champion uh, opportunities, and, and you know, I think it's more important for Oklahoma State than mm-hmm. it is for Iowa State, but certainly uh, important for both. Quarterback position appears to be pretty wide open as we await Spencer Sanders, him working his way back from injury, what he's going to do. Uh, 
They've gone to a couple of different guys. I think the freshman Ellingworth has been the best Mm -hmm. that they've seen to this point. Gundy said in the teleconference, though, earlier today that he thinks they're probably going to play multiple quarterbacks. From an Iowa State perspective, preparing for multiple quarterbacks and knowing that Sanders, if right, he's certainly the best of the bunch, but kind of different styles. How much more difficult that makes that the preparation getting ready for Okie State? Oh, maybe a little bit more, but you have an extra week to do it. And I, I know they've been planning on, you know, preparing for both guys either way. So I don't think it's a huge deal. I mean, I think uh, if Spencer Sanders is healthy, he'll be the guy to get the majority of the snaps. I know Eilingworth has done really well, but at the same time, Sanders gives them something uh, with that ability to run the football. He had almost 700 yards rushing a year ago. And when you combine that with a guy that rushed for 2,100, I mean, that that's something you have to stop. And, you know, the thing, I'm not sure Eilingworth doesn't throw it better than Spencer Sanders, uh, and you got great receivers. You know, but I, I think if you're preparing for this team, you have to prepare, number one, to stop the run. And regardless of who's playing quarterback, that's going to be the biggest focal point going into the game. And then hope you can hold up on the back end when you do stop it. I'm with you, Eric. And, you know, yes, I agree with you. Everybody's in love with if there is a team in the Big 12 that's got a chance for the playoff, it's Oklahoma State. And I just don't see what they're seeing. I really don't. I'm not sure there's a, if there is a team. But that aside, I mean, I watched the Tulsa game on uh, whatever it was early in September. I didn't come away impressed. Now Tulsa may be better than we thought. And as you mentioned, their wins in the Big 12 are West Virginia, who's pedestrian, and Kansas, who is, well, Kansas, <laughs> being, being polite. Right. right, and Iowa State's wins right. are way more impressive. I, I just don't see, I don't get the love for the Cowboys, I guess, at this point. I know that they've got some parts. Obviously, Wallace and Hubbard, uh, when Sanders is healthy, and their defense might be a little bit better because they've never been known for playing any defense in Stillwater. Eric, I don't get the love. I really don't. Well, I, I think, first of all, you go back to that win over Tulsa. And then Tulsa's a pretty good football they team. They are. Since then. But Spencer Sanders goes out in the uh, what second possession of the game, and they didn't have another quarterback ready. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, for a first game, given the whole COVID situation and lack of practice time, uh, they just didn't have anybody else ready to go. They finally went with the freshman, who really came in and did a good job at the end of that game. You know, on the other hand, they've won the games, and you can't. I mean, they were solid in both of those games. Here's what I like about Oklahoma State. Uh, and you mentioned, you said their defense is you know, kind of better. I think their defense is way better okay. than they've been. Uh, I mean, they got 10 starters back from a team that probably knocked 100 yards off what they had been given up the year before. I think their defense is solid. They're good up front. They've got a couple real playmakers at linebacker, uh, pretty good on the back end. I think, I think it's going to be one of the better defenses in the Big 12. And you combine that with the offense, uh, sure, they haven't, they haven't had big wins yet. But they haven't had any big opportunities yet either. I think Saturday will be their first really big opportunity. What have you seen out of Brock Purdy? Uh, we've talked a little bit about some of the struggles we saw earlier in the season. Certainly played his best game of the year against Texas Tech the last time out. What have you seen from the Cyclone quarterback and expectations for him going forward? You know, I feel really comfortable. I, feel, I think he's in a really good place right now. I, you go back that opening game, and for whatever reason, not sharp. Uh, better in game two other than one mistake. Certainly good against Oklahoma, and absolutely terrific in, in Iowa State's win over Texas Tech. So I, I think he's in a good place. I think his ability 
And he's not a great runner, but he's a crafty runner, and he can get you a couple of first downs a game. Sometimes that can make the difference and keep defenses honest as they're trying to uh, trying to defend against Brees Hall. But I think uh, he's really settling in with something that I didn't think was apparent early in the season with his wide receivers, especially Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. I think they've really developed a, a great connection. You know, and Charlie Kohler is certainly good. Like Chase Allen and Dylan Sainer have taken a big step up as receivers this year. as something that you know, they were okay at before. Chase especially was good at it before. But I think he's really upped his game, too. And I think Brock's confidence level right now is probably as high as it's ever been. Uh, the offensive line, Eric, was a question going into the season. I think that they've uh, been way better than a lot of people thought, despite the fact that you know they've had some injuries and they've had to plug some guys in there. Uh, Simmons, when he's been forced into the lineup, he's been really good, and uh, Schweiger with his opportunity. Uh, Remsburg, I think he played, uh, what, did, uh, the, was it the West Virginia game? Ramos was out anyways. Remsburg had to come in. But the offensive line in its totality, I think, has been better than most thought it was going to be, Eric, and that's a real plus it what is a plus you know and you know talking to matt hearing matt talk over the summer everybody's worried about the offensive line and and put me in that column Mm -hmm. and he's like uh i'm not he wasn't worried about it he really was confident that that iowa state was going to have a solid offensive line and i think number one thing if you look back sure you're replacing a bunch of guys but he's recruited guys that he believes are more athletic, stronger, uh, just lacking experience, but he thinks those guys are going to be the best core that they've had. And these guys are redshirt freshmen and sophomores now. And we're seeing, you know, uh, like, uh, well, Trevor Downing out. Uh, Joey Ramos has played really well. Now he's out. Well, uh, Jake Remsburg, you know, Daryl Simmons has been, has been better than, you know, than you could have imagined. And, right. So, I mean, they've been really solid there. And you got a couple guys. Sean Foster has really turned it around uh, as a senior. Uh, but Colin Newell has just been terrific, I think. And he is such a good anchor to that line. Uh, I've been super impressed with how well they've played. And I, color me uh, surprised in a good way about how well they're playing because, boy, Brees is running through holes that really haven't seen at Iowa State for the past few years. Uh, how big of a disadvantage, or or, or is it, um, for Oklahoma State? I mean, they haven't played since October the 3rd. Um, right. They had their bye, and then, of course, the postponement this last week against Baylor. So it'll be three weeks, Bob, between games for them. Is it a, is it a factor, Eric? I think it could be. I, I think if it is, it'll probably manifest itself uh, more in the first quarter or so. I think after that, once they get settled in, it'll be different. But you've got to get back up to game speed. You know, Iowa State's got a week off. Uh, they're more used to that. Uh, but two weeks, once again, it's more like uh, getting ready for a bowl. Because uh, it's so, such a long time in between. Uh, I think it could have a bit of a bearing. But once again, I, if so, it certainly would be just early in the game. So the big win against Texas Tech the last time out, but with it, Ashim Young uh, ejected in the game for targeting in the fourth quarter. Not going to be able to go with the first half of the game. The impact there going up against Gunny Coach team, who they like to chuck the ball around regardless who the quarterback's going to be. How's that play in for Iowa State? Well, I think Iowa State feels okay. Uh, obviously, you'd rather have a guy who's a starter. But Arnold Azuna started you know, a game ahead of him once this year. He's a senior. 
I think they feel pretty good. Once again, it's just going to be for a half. You know, I'll be honest. When I, when I saw it live, and I've seen the replay. I had a hard time really uh, getting the thing that, uh, uh, first of all, I thought Horn would be ejected for the play before <laughs> right. that on the kickoff. Yeah. And then, but I thought Young's was much less egregious at all. You know, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. He is a difference maker back there. Uh, he can bring it and does. Indeed he does. Uh, last thing for you, Eric, uh, another senior. Uh, Jake Hummel's off to a terrific start. I mean, Vance oh, gets yeah. all the pub. Mike Rose, obviously, as well for what they do. But Hummel's having a terrific senior campaign. He is. You know, he's been solid ever since. You know, he and Orion came in the same year. Uh, and Jake was maybe a little bit ahead of him. That played special teams and a little bit, a, a few scrimmage snaps. And then he's been a, such a reliable guy behind Marcel Spears uh, the last couple of years. But he's had some. He's he's been really good throughout. But he has upped his game. I think. Uh, I just think the confidence that, with which he's playing. He understands the scheme, and and I think one of the things when I look back uh, at that whole uh, win over Texas Tech, I thought it was maybe the most connected eleven guys. Uh, connected eleven guys have been on defense uh, that I can remember. And Jake Hummel is a big part of that. Man, he. I would love to see him get the pick six early in the game because he did have an opportunity yeah. for another one. Uh, but that's kind of a tradition when you play that position against Texas Tech. Marcel Spears had one to pick six the last two years, and Jake almost got one there. But he's played great. All the linebackers have played really well, and I like how the defense is has come along. They will be tested Saturday. Mm-hmm. Who's the wheelman for you guys as you drive down to Stillwater to do the game? Or I'm assuming that's still the case. No, uh, you're on the plane. As a matter of fact, we yeah, I believe we we are going to fly not with the team, but we are going to oh, fly gotcha. down. So gotcha. So that's <clears throat> that's a, already a big plus. Although, yeah, <laughs> I tell you what, if we could if we fly and lose, or could drive and win, I drive every time. Indeed, Eric. Thanks for what you do for us. Appreciate. It. We'll talk to you in the weeks ahead. Thank you, Eric Heft. All right, sounds great, guys. Good to talk to you. Eric Haft, uh, analyst for Iowa State. Well, Mr. Monday Night is warming up. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he's got two opinions, one opinion. We'll find out when we come back. Our final segment of a Monday edition of Miller & Condon. We're 10 to noon here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and So good. You hear that? You know exactly what's coming up next. Well, it's not next. In fact, there'll be a game before you hear that intro. Fox has Chiefs and Bills. Aikman, Buck, Andrews, and Christina Pink. I don't know if she's there or not. I know that the first three are. And then Monday Night Football, Cardinals and Cowboys. So you hear Buck and Aikman before you hear the uh, ESPN trio. Uh, does Mr. Monday Night have an opinion on either one of these two games? So what are the point spreads right now? They're both, I want to say, uh, Dallas is a is essentially a pick'em game. They're favored by one. Okay, and Kansas City was three and a half on Friday, but now that number's five and a half. It's five is what I see consensus across the board. Okay. But yeah, big number, five and a half's out there. So there's a lot of Buffalo money coming in. Sharp money, maybe. I'm... That's what it was last week. Yeah, and they're jumping on that. I'm staying away from that game. That, that's... One I'm going to be sitting out, at least for our purposes. Mm-hmm. As Mr. Monday Night tries to get back to 500 on the year, 
Take those Cardinals on the money line. Grab a little extra juice here. You maybe can get it a plus 105, depending on what your book is pitching right now. Like the Cardinals, yes, Andy Dalton looked pretty good yep. when he came in after the injury There's to There's worse backup quarterback situations yes. in the NFL. We've, we've learned that very, very quickly. But Cardinals defense a little bit better, I think, than people thought. Kyler, big spot. And the Cowboys, for whatever reason, I do not like them in prime time. Yeah. Just fading against them more than anything in prime time here. So the Cardinals, Mister Monday Night's pick for Monday. I know someone in this market actually had the car or the Cowboys going to the Super Bowl. Ooh, who was that? I have no idea. He's clueless. Anyways, we you can will... get it back on the winning side of things, though. <laughs> yeah, well, I need the Chiefs. The Chiefs. I need the Chiefs. And what did you have that locked in at? Three and a half. Three and a half. Friday. Yeah, you're feeling good. I think so, but I really love the, to play with. I love the Rams last night. How'd that work out? Not good. Pros versus Joes. The pros do it for a living. The Joes, they take the pros, take the Joes' money. Anyways, that is going to do it for Monday. Stay safe out there. Yeah. You going to be gosh. able to make it back to Ankeny? Uh, apparently, the interstate's just a disaster. You got the big uh, vehicle today? I do. There I do. Go. So hopefully. Anyways, uh, Murph and Andy coming up at 2. The Fanatics at 4. Iowa State Coaches Show at 6.30. Morning Rush tomorrow at 6 a.m. We're Miller and Condon. Weekdays 10 to noon on Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. This is KXNO. Oh, man, that sounds good on FM. 1460 AM. And now on 106.3 FM. This is Des Moines Sports Station. KXNO.